It's good to be with you this morning, bringing you God's Word. I'm pinch-hitting for Aaron Bart. I'm not Aaron. I need to tell you that. We get confused all the time. Uh, just remember, I'm the one that has the, the cool-looking beard. Uh, I'm not even sure if he can grow one. Can he? Or, no, not yet. All right. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 7, starting at verse 24. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know where he, he was there. Yet he could not escape notice, but a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. She came and bowed at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, how many of you have heard of the film Up? Anyone? One of the favorite things I like to do with my kids is to watch uh, movies, and particularly Pixar films. And one of my favorites is the movie Up. And if you've seen the film, the movie is about an old man named Mr. Fredrickson um, who's going to have his house taken away from him. It's a beautiful film, and it's actually really a heart-touching, wrenching film. If you've seen it, or if you haven't, even if you haven't seen it, there's this vignette right in the middle that will make every single one of you in this place break down and bawl. It shows the history of this Mr. Fredrickson as a little boy, and he meets this little girl named Ellie, and it shows their relationship as it, as it goes forward. They end up falling in love. They get married. They try to have kids, but they can't have kids, and it shows them getting older, and finally you see this heart-wrenching piece where he stands next to her bed and she dies. And he makes a promise to her that they would have this event adventure and they have this book that's kind of full of all the different pictures and things, the places that they were going to go and one of the places they were going to go was called Paradise Falls. And so he's going to get his house taken away from him, the people are going to come, they're trying to put up new developments in the city, his house is right in the middle of the city. And he decides to attach all of these helium balloons to his house and it picks the house up and he's going to navigate the house to Paradise Falls and complete this adventure that he and his wife never took. In the meantime, this, this little boy, wilderness explorer named Russell, is trying to earn his badges and he comes knocking on the door because he wants to help the elderly. One thing leads to another, and Russell is on the front porch as the house is streaming away, and Mr. Fredrickson and Russell end up having an adventure together. They land the house in this kind of tropical area, and he's looking to, to lay the, the house down. Complications arise, and they end up diverted from their task as they meet two other characters, a female bird named Kevin and a dog named Doug, let's watch the clip. Sit, boy. Hey, look, he's trained. Shake. Uh-huh. Speak. Hi there. Whoa. 
Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh! My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. <laughs> My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! My master is good and smart. It's not possible. Oh, it is because my master is smart. <gasps> cool. What do these do, boy? Hey, would you throw that cradle contigo? I use that collar. Watashiwa Hanashima to talk with. I would be happy if you stop. So they meet this dog named Doug who can talk. And the interesting thing is Doug has another master. And you see all of these other dogs. And they're trying to find this bird, Kevin. And there's this whole other piece of the story that we won't get into. But... One of the primary themes of the film is this issue of adventure, and we could do a whole chapel on that. What does it mean to go on an adventure? And Mr. Fredrickson comes to some realization at the end of the film. But there's another theme that I think fits better this morning with the text that we read. The theme has to do with family. You see, each character that you meet, Mr. Fredrickson, Russell, Doug, and Kevin, the, the female bird, have their family structures crumbling. Mr. Fredrickson has lost his wife. You hear that Mr. That Russell's dad is, is not in the picture and doesn't necessarily like to spend time with him. You see that Doug the dog has a different master who's a cruel master who turns him into a servant and all the other dogs pick on him. And of course, Kevin is trying to get back to her chicks or her kids or whatever you would call them. So all of them are coming from these family structures that are crumbling and are falling apart. And as they struggle to help Kevin get back to her kids, what ends up happening is they end up forming a new unit. They end up forming a new family structure so that all of these misfits end up forming these relational bonds that bring them together. I love the end of the film, and if you haven't seen it yet, it's your own fault. I want to show the end because when we get to the end of my talk here, this morning, I want to suggest to you that maybe, just maybe, the end of this film is a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. Roll the clip. Ready? Ready? Ready. will graduate to senior explorers for extreme mountaineering lore congratulations Jimmy for wild animal defensive arts congratulations Brandon for assisting the elderly uh, Russell is there someone that uh... <clears throat> excuse me pardon me old man coming through I'm here for him Congratulations, Russell. Sir? Russell, for assisting the elderly and for performing above and beyond the call of duty, I would like to award you the highest honor I can bestow. The Ellie Badge.
covers everybody. So let's give a big explorer call to our brand new senior wilderness explorers. Ready, everybody? as we talk about the text this, this morning, because I, I think in many ways that scene signifies and provides a snapshot of what it means to be the kingdom of God. All of these dogs sitting there, Doug sitting there, and then sitting on the curb eating ice cream together. So the story that we read this morning from Mark's gospel is the story of Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman. And Jesus has just been arguing with the Pharisees about what makes a person clean or unclean. And what's fascinating about it is he's, he's frustrated. He's irritated. He wants to go and he, he, he wants to be alone. And there's this woman, a Syrophoenician Gentile, who, it, it, as the text says, kind of forces his way in to see him. And she tells him that she has a daughter who is demon-possessed and she would, she would like him to heal her. And the interesting thing is Jesus' response is, is harsh, isn't it? It's cold. Uh, there's many people who try to explain it away. right? But he says to her, it's not right to, to give the children's food to the, to the dogs. He's calling this woman a dog. And, you know, we could say that he means it in the nicest way possible. But he's still calling her a dog. Now, what's going on here? You see, Jesus had come and his ministry was to a particular people, to a particular family. He had come to the children of Abraham. He had come to the people of Israel. What's fascinating about this story is it's sandwiched between two stories about eating, eating bread. The first one that comes in Mark 6 is the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus is, is feeding the people, giving them manna like Moses gave them manna in the desert. And then later on in Mark 8, Jesus feeds the, the 4,000, and again, gives them bread, and he goes on to have this conversation with his disciples about the bad yeast of the Pharisees, and Jesus is saying to his disciples, I am the bread, I am the nourishment, I'm the one who gives life, but he has come to a particular people, he has come to the children of Abraham, he has come to the people of Israel, and so he says it's not right to give the dogs, which, by the way, the Gentiles were often referred to as animals. So when he says to her that you're a dog, he's, he's kind of saying that she doesn't belong. She's not part of the family. She's an outcast. And she was an outcast in kind of two ways. Three, possibly. Number one, she was a woman in a very patriarchal society. Number two, she was a Gentile. Number three, her daughter was possessed by a demon. In other words, she belonged to someone else. And so Jesus is saying to her, it is not right to give the children's food to the dogs, but notice her response. Yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus calls this woman a dog, and this dog barks. 
This dog is ferocious. This dog has come for something and she is not leaving until she gets what she wants. And what's interesting is, is Jesus says to her, because you have said this, go, your daughter has been healed. And with that, Jesus grafts the Syrophoenician woman, this dog, into the family. All of the barriers that kept her out, Jesus tears them down. And what does he do? He redefines the family. He redefines what it means to be the people of God. And she and her daughter are healed. She pries open in a way of thinking about it. The hand of God and receives the grace and the blessing that comes through Jesus Christ. Now, what does this have to do with us this morning? Well, here's the thing. Unless you have Jewish blood in you, every single one of us are nothing but a bunch of mangy mutts. We, too, at one time were on the outside. We, too, were outside of the children of Abraham. We, too, were outside of the people of Israel. And yet, in Jesus Christ, God comes along and he picks us up And he gives us a bath, gives us a collar, you know, with one of those little tags on it. Even gives us some food to eat and a clean bowl of water to drink from in the biggest yard we could ever imagine. And he invites us to come in the house. And he's not one of those owners that, you know, doesn't let the dog up in the furniture. We can be up in the furniture, right? We have all been grafted in. We were all at one time on the outside and God has adopted us and grafted us in the dogs that we are. But here's the problem. After a little while, we kind of start to think that we deserve it, don't we? We kind of start to think that, you know, well, we may be okay and we can be in the house and we can be in the yard, but maybe some of those other mutts, you know, those really stinky mangy ones out there don't belong. So what do we do? We end up wanting to erect the fences Right, Those little electric things that keep the dogs from coming and going. We want to put up fences, and we think we are the gatekeepers. We think we're the ones who gets to decide who comes in and who receives blessing and, and who receives grace. And we're reminded this morning by the story of the Syrophoenician woman that that is none of our business. That God's is the business of adopting and grafting in. And he gives us and commissions us to run out into the neighborhood and tell all the other mangy mutts out there that there's this great place with a huge yard, lots of food, and we at times can even get in the house and be up on the furniture. See, I love the film Up because I think it's about family. I think it's about what it means to be grafted in. And this morning, the story of the Syrophoenician woman speaks to the reality of God's grace and God's mercy in our lives. That even though we didn't deserve it, even though we make messes and we continue to make messes, God scoops us up. God loves us. He adopts us. And he takes us in. So think of that last Vignette, think of that last picture. Think of them sitting on the sidewalk eating ice cream. The dog sitting there, the dog sitting on the chairs. And picture in your mind the kingdom of God 
where all the dogs are invited in and there are no cones of shame. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise this morning that you are a God of love and grace, that you have broken down the barriers. Father, we are so grateful that the mangy mutts we may be, in your grace and mercy, you have given us a bath and baptism. You have fed us by your word and the Lord's Supper. You have made us your own. Father, may we go from this place living into that love and grace and mercy. May we go from this place this morning living a life of hope. But more importantly, Father, may we go forth from this place proclaiming this good news, telling all the mutts, stinky dogs out there, that there is a place. May we lead them to you. May we lead them to the grace and mercy of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.